Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Episode 20 of Rip and Rock. We're back again for another one, and this may be our best one yet because of what's on the line for the O's moving forward. Big four-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays. They're calling it the series of the year. By they, I mean us, because it is. And these four games the O's played, they could very well determine who's in the driver's seat of the AL East going forward. While there's a couple weeks left in the season, this series is huge, Rip. Yeah, I mean, this is the one everyone had circled on the calendar for a while. And... It's been entertaining to say the least, given Orioles fans a lot of stress. Uh, people were feeling some type of way after Friday and Saturday night, but here we are. Everything is still ahead for this Baltimore Orioles team. And these are the moments you you really, as a fan, as a player, this is what you live for, though. And, and we're finally here, and, and playoffs might not start till October, but it is playoff baseball right here, right now at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Yeah, sure felt like it there the last two nights, Friday, Saturday. We're recording this Sunday morning before the uh, series finale, so anything can happen. Um, don't knock us if the Orioles win or if the Orioles lose. We don't talk about it because it is what it is. That's why we're, we're recording this early because we got to do what we got to do. It's football Sunday as well. So, you know, some people have plans like this guy I'm pointing to you can't see. Um. Are you pointing to you or me? You. No, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. This is a team effort here. You have you have your obligations. I want to um, be a but, part of this team. Wow. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Big, big Sunday for, for Baltimore sports fans. Orioles and the Ravens are playing almost at the same time. Yep. And so... A double win would be fantastic. Um, but you know what? You're saying knocking. I will get into that. But you know, we did talk about this on Sports Unlimited, Rock, and you can add that to the rundown. You gave me a true or false that we'll revisit uh, mm-hmm. about what could happen in this series. So stay tuned on that. Now you can continue the rundown, buddy. Yeah, no, and you you just touched on it. Like, big Sunday for Baltimore sports. Right now, it's a... Big year for Baltimore sports. You have the Ravens week two against the Bengals. Yeah, they're beat up. They're banged up right now heading into that week two matchup. But anything can happen. You never know. It's the NFL. Then you have the Orioles pushing for a division crown for the first time in a long time. So as a fan of both of these teams, I would be on cloud nine right now watching my teams just grind it out. And this is the heart of sports in the city. And you know, it's got to put a smile on your face. But we're going to break this series down against the <laughs> You're smiling right now. You're going to break this series down against the Rays. 
Grayson Rodriguez with an outing of his career. Gunnar Henderson just continues to step up in big moments. This is your AL Rookie of the Year. It's not breaking news anymore. I mean, when it happens, are, are you really going to be surprised when he gets the award? Heston Kerstad, our prediction, the rip and rock prediction, it finally came true. Unfortunately, it took an injury, but Heston Kerstad is up in the bigs. And what he did on Friday night, it was pretty cool, even in a blowout loss to the Rays. Then we're going to get into Jack Flaherty, acquired by the O's at the deadline. And he's really struggled since. What's going on with Jack? Rip, we're going to ask you that. You're a former baseball player at the professional level. You know what goes... <laughs> People can't see. Like while, while I'm laughing, I'm not laughing. I'm not making fun of you. You're the one pointing to yourself smiling right now. So Jack Flaherty, he struggled since his first start with the O's. What's gotten into him? What's going on? Is it a mental thing? Is he injured? Is he just not good right now? We're going to break that all down. Rip's tips. Still don't know what that is. Um, could be avoid sweeps, win series. Could be something along those lines. Doubt it. Then we're going to go forward with the AL East. The big game with the win on Saturday, what it did for the O's against the Rays going forward and how that helps this team when it comes to winning the AL East. Then you got Houston on deck. Doesn't get any easier from here. Let's dive into it, though. Yeah, let's dive into it. So, Rock, I mean, we understood the series, the magnitude, what was going on this week. And actually, the homestand got off to a great start with the Orioles winning game one. And then it was the team not putting it all together and the bats going a little quiet. And then a two-game lead going into Friday, you could sense a little tension, a little stress from from the Orioles fan base and the Rays came ready to play on Friday and, and Saturday for that matter um drawing even but or sorry Thursday and Friday I'm getting my days mixed up it was Thursday they came to town yeah today's today's Sunday um Sunday but hey this is the two best teams going at it and, and really, actually, Rock, so far in this series, you've seen three three way different types of games. Really close, back and forth. The Rays putting it to the O's, and then the O's, when you think that they're down, they just come back and bring it right back to the Rays. And, you know, as a fan of baseball in general, I've been enjoying this series, and I think it's far from over here with this big game on Sunday. Oh, I would agree. This is, it's all in the line on Sunday. The O's have separated themselves entering the day. One game lead in the AL East over the race. Got a little hairy, was tied, and they were on a four game losing skid. And I'm sure there were fans out there that were thinking, when is this going to end? And we had talked about it before. I asked you, like, hey, man, are you worried that this team is not slumped yet? Are you worried? You're like, no, it's all good. It's all good. But we were waiting for that slump to happen, were we not? It yeah. happened in baseball. Teams that are successful all season long, they eventually hit a slump. Things like this eventually happen. Unfortunately, it came at a time where the biggest series of the year was coming up and they dropped two games to start. But number one, they didn't lose a series yet as we're recording this podcast. So they did snap that losing streak. They didn't win. They didn't lose five in a row. They only lost four in a row. 
And while they're neck and neck with the Rays, it's an iron sharpens iron mentality for baseball. And the O's bats were very cold. That's rarely going to happen, and it rarely has happened this season. But they woke up on Saturday, and Gunnar Henderson kind of led the way. But the guy who really got it done for the O's was their starting pitcher, and that's Grayson Rodriguez. He was absolutely phenomenal in that start career outing for him. Shoved. There's some saying. There's a saying on here uh, that I can't say, and I didn't. I said it on Twitter last night, or I said I couldn't say it on Twitter either. Um, we'll paraphrase what it probably entails, but massive outing from Grayson, putting it all out there, putting on for the city. Yeah, you can have an idea of what I could or, or couldn't be referring to here, Rock. I think you have an idea. Uh, people can put two and two together, but but point being. This is the moment that Oriole fans were looking to see from their young, top, former pitching prospect in Grayson Rodriguez, and he delivered. And this is exactly why, for me, watching him and seeing his development, I knew that he was going to be able to do this. But the fact that in this game, Rock, on specifically on Saturday, that Grayson goes out just uh, gives it to the Rays. And then on top of it, your other young stud, Gunnar Henderson, just goes off and carries this offense early. So your two young superstars that you're hoping, Gunnar's already there, Grayson now is proving to be that type of top-of-the-line ace, especially those last few months. You're looking at it going, man, the two guys that you hope are a part of your franchise for 10 years to lead you are a big reason why you win a crucial game. And the other part of it is, Rock, we didn't talk about it yet. They just, the O's just clinched the series, uh, season series of against the Rays, meaning they have the tiebreaker if they finish with the same record come the end of the season. You know, so this game was so big for so many reasons. And your young guys coming up big over and over throughout the course of the game was just tremendous to see. And to watch it unfold for them. Yeah, the baby birds are baby birds no more. They're growing into adult birds. They're growing into young stars in the show. And while that may take some time to, I don't know, officially call these guys stars or superstars, I think you're you're seeing it happen right now as we speak. These guys are developing into the talent that the O's drafted that the O's thought they were going to get the talent that maybe we didn't see at first because well we saw it, we knew it was there but they didn't necessarily show it right when they got to the show Gunnar Henderson he saw struggles this season first full season in the league he was the favorite for AL rookie of the year and he teetered off and everyone everyone kind of wrote him off the outside baseball world was like this dude's not going to win rookie of the year there's no shot and then Gunnar Henderson turns it on. Fantastic stuff from him. Grayson Rodriguez got sent down. He got sent down this season after being called up. You know what that does to someone's confidence? It probably kills it. But Grayson got his stuff together. The O's knew it was going to happen. Goes down to AAA. Does his thing. Pre-All-Star break rip, he had a 7.35 ERA. Post-All-Star break, he now has a 2.59 ERA. Now, that's not overall. That's just post-All-Star break. We're looking at his splits right now. But looking at those numbers, that is night and day from getting sent down and from coming back up. 
Last night, career outing for Grayson. Eight innings pitched, a five-hit shutout baseball, and he struck out seven. Hitting 100 a few times, showing the gas, the gas him up style. That's, that's what O's fans know him by. And Camden Yards really got a show from Grayson. The emotions were out. He was fired up. He got some help from the defense, of course. Great plays in the outfield. Gunnar Henderson making some plays with his glove. But Grayson Rodriguez, he went out there, got it done, and he was huge. He was massive, as you would say. Uh, that's an understatement. But, you know, the the beauty of this, when people look at – and you're, you, you hit the nail on the head as far as when you get sent down, by the way. You can say what you want. It can be a rebuilding. It's still frustrating. And and you're disappointed because you feel like you're there. You want to stay there. And you're trying to tell yourself, well, man, what what do I need to do to change it? Sometimes it can affect guys. It can go two different ways. And I think that's kind of life, right? You either say, oh, woe is me. Uh, I'm disappointed. Or you go, you know what? I need to fix it. What, what do I need to do to get back? I'm gonna, and I'm going to get back. And that's the approach Grayson Rodriguez took. He didn't take it um, in a way where he was staying as a, feeling like a victim because of circumstances or he didn't make any excuses. It was, I need to be better. I'm pissed off. I'm going to go down there and make sure I get right. And when I come back up here, it's going to be like a, a, a revenge tour. And it has been for Grayson. And we talked about this, this sensation or this idea that all these young players are going to come up here. This is another example, by the way, and this is not Orioles related, but we talked about how up and down when players come up here, some guys can get off to the extremely hot starts. Others don't, but then you have to see how you can react as you go. You want to see like you're making an improvement, right? So my example that I'm going with here is there was a player on the Reds. You guys probably saw him sweeping the nation. Ellie De La Cruz right? Came out of the gates hot, transformed the Reds, brought them back into relevancy. And then all of a sudden now, Ellie De La Cruz has had a rough rookie season. So as great as he got off to a start, and I'm not saying he's having a bad rookie season by any means, 11 home runs, but him being this dominant player, by the way, he's hitting 238 with an OPS just over 700 now. And when you saw him come off the fear, come off or uh, come up from AAA, everyone thought he was going to be the next superstar, which he still very well can be. But this is the tale of understanding just because you have all this talent doesn't mean it's always going to come together or that you can sustain it over time. And for Grayson Rodriguez, it's a testament to his makeup that he was willing to make the adjustments, go back to what worked for him, which was using that fastball as an absolute weapon and pitching off of it. And then knowing that he understood what he saw in the big leagues and what he needed to do to make an adjustment to have success. And you've seen that. And the the, the beauty of this rock, it's not him having success against some of the lower teams. The Rays are the second best team in the American league. They're neck and neck with the Baltimore Orioles. And you go out there and dominate one of the best teams in baseball, that's special. Rip, they put up a stat before, or it was Doran Grayson's outing, and it was Masson. They put up the pitchers that Grayson Rodriguez has pitched against, and Ben McDonald and Kevin Brown were talking about it. 
And while Grayson, Ben McDonald brought up a good point. And I think he had the same mentality. As a pitcher, you're not going up against the other guy. You're not going head-to-head with him. But in a way, you kind of are. In a way, you kind of are. While you're not pitching against him, you're pitching against the opposition, the opposing batters. In your head, when, when there's a big name out there, like a Glass now, like a McClanahan, like you know a Jacob deGrom that he's squared off against this season, like those are some big names at 23 years old on the other side that you're watching when you're in the dugout that you're watching and you're like, all right, this guy's, this guy's blowing through our lineup. I got to blow through their lineup as well. Like I got to bring my best stuff. And I feel like it elevates you as a pitcher, especially as a starter that throws gas like Grayson, it gives him that extra oomph, that extra juice. And that's what you're seeing with Grayson, that confidence. You had said it earlier. You're like, Grayson lives for these big moments. I, I truly believe that is the case because when Grayson is pitching in a high-pressure situation like he was last night, like he was against the Rays, he went out there and brought his best stuff, and that's what you see from Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah, I mean, you. it's a great point. You're not, obviously, it's just like with in the NFL and quarterbacks, you know, the quarterbacks aren't going against each other, but you don't think that there's going to be a comparison and you don't want to go out there and one up the guy across the field from you. And in this case, it's the same exact thing because you also have this expectation that that guy's going to pitch, you know, for football. Let's go with there first. You know, Ravens, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, like you think of those two guys. You're not saying if Joe Burrow goes out and plays well that Lamar Jackson doesn't want to go out there and prove the same thing. Or now in baseball, Grayson Rodriguez, his first starts going against Jacob DeGrom, one of the best pitchers of really since our, you know, this generation of baseball, I should say, dominant. A guy out there, obviously, he's had his injuries, but you don't want to, you know, that he's going to bring his A game. So you need to bring yours. That, mm-hmm. That's that type of mentality. And, and that's really rock. That's playoff baseball, too. Imagine now we talk about these aces and and the Orioles, quote unquote, don't didn't go and get a bona fide superstar ace, which I believe that they have their guys here and it's in the making and it's it's already in front of them with who they have in Grayson Rodriguez and Kyle Bradish. But that is a that's a mentality you got to have of I'm going to go out there. uh, You got your best. Well, guess what? I think I'm one of our best and I think my best can shut down whatever best you're throwing at my guys. And that's a that's a mentality that you need to have. And you got to be able to do that when the stakes are higher. And for Grayson Rodriguez, the stakes have been high for him the whole season, but nothing was higher than Saturday night in Baltimore. And he brought it to brought it to the Rays. And Rock, let's be honest, that is probably gonna be another scenario Grayson's gonna find himself in come postseason time. And it very well might be against this Tampa Bay Rays team again. There's no doubt in my mind it could be, man. Let's talk about another rookie and not just a rookie, the front runner for AL Rookie of the Year, and that's Gunnar Henderson. He has been hitting the absolute cover off the ball. He's been clutch in the field, on the base paths, at the plate, in high-pressure situations as well. And last night, Gunnar set the tempo. He set the tone. Leading off, I mean, he he was... He started the game off just with a bang, and that is really what the O's needed because 
I think he was kind of tired of losing. He's a very competitive person. And you see Gunner go out there. He opens the game with a single. And then from there, it was like the floodgates open for the O's. Then it was a Ryan O'Hearn um, ended up with an RBI single later in the inning. And then you had the O's add on another run or another three in the second, including Gunner's two-run homer, which was awesome to see. And that was, I'll tell you this, man, Gunner now has 27 home runs on the year for a rookie. He tied Eddie Murray for the third most as an O's rookie with 27. Let me read you this list, okay? Uh, I, You know, I'm sure you can do it. Can Can you name the most home runs in one year for an Orioles rookie? Can you yeah. name the top four right now? Yeah, for sure. This is an easy one. Yeah. Uh, so you already gave Eddie Murray. So Gunner sitting, Gunner, Eddie, uh, Calvin Edwin Ripken Jr., and Love Ryan it. Mountcastle. Yep. Okay. So you had Ryan Mountcastle, 33. That's the most all-time for a nose rookie in one season. Then you have your father, Calvin Edward Ripken Jr. I think I got that right. With uh, with 28. Gunner has a chance to tie him today with a home run. So that's pretty cool stuff. Then you have Eddie Murray. And then you have Gunner, 27. Here's the thing with Eddie and your dad. They both won Rookie of the Year. Ryan Mountcastle, unfortunately, did not. But... To look at that list, that's a lead company right there. You have two Hall of Famers. You have Ryan Mountcastle, and then you have Gunner. And Gunner and Ryan Mountcastle are still playing. They're on the same team right now. So, so to have the the past and the present right now on that list, and to see what those rookies were capable of and what they did in their careers and in the future, Gunner's an elite company, and I have a really good feeling. He is going to go down as one of the greatest Orioles to ever play the game and one of the fan favorites to ever play the game. I mean, he's already doing so as a rookie. Yeah, I I know that everyone, I've, I've said this before, I love Jackson Holiday's talent. I think he's obviously has the chance to be a superstar. He's done tremendous things down at, at, at the minor league levels so far, like literally been incredible. Gunnar Henderson, to me, is still going to be the icon figure for the Baltimore Orioles. He's going to have something to say about that discussion. Not in the sense that he cares about being that superstar. He doesn't. But personally, to me, that guy was different from the moment I got to see him on a baseball field. You're seeing it every day for Orioles fans now. I got to see it back in the minor leagues and spring training and seeing his work ethic what he was capable to do, what he was capable of doing. And I'm with you. I, I I think I told you before, what was the video I had? It said within five years, he'd be an MVP. And then I changed my prediction. I think it's going to be in two years. He'll be an MVP of the league. And when I watch him, look, you know, I, I, I like to mess around with my dad all the time. Cause you know, he's my dad. And and sometimes people take that seriously being like, no respect for your father. It's like, I know what my dad accomplished. Like, I'm not naive to that. But if you think I'm going to, you know, praise him left and right, that's eh, not going to happen. But he, he, he accomplished things that only few could dream of and that actually ever did in the sport. And watching Gunner and watching things about how my dad played the game, I see a lot of similarities 
and then being able to walk the same path. And, you know, that's people can say that that's bold. Yes, Gunner's got to play a lot more years. But if you're talking about talent, ability, uh, the impact you make for a team, I don't know if any player moving forward is going to have that type of impact. You talk about big moments. Gunner's a big time player. He's not, he doesn't shy away from it. He's ready for it. And once again, you brought this up in the past that race series down at the trop. Gunner shined. Mm-hmm. And here we are again. You're playing the Rays, your back's against the wall. You lose the first two. And who is the guy that is ready to take over yet again? It's Gunner Henderson. And that's something that you either have it or you don't. Gunner has it. He's only 22 years old. And this is the last thing I'll point out with Gunner. And, I, and I've said this last or I tweeted out. We don't know how good Gunner's going to be, but this is not his peak. I can guarantee you that. And I can promise you that. And with his months, month by month, he hasn't had more than six home runs in a month the entire season, Rock. He's had some great months since the month of June, though. This month of September. He already has five home runs. He has seven other extra base hits. So he has 12 total in out of 12 of his 22 hits in September are for extra bases. He is slugging 657 with an OPS of 981. And we still have two weeks left in the month of September. So you want to talk about coming through in big moments, coming through where you need it. September is a big month, and Gunnar Henderson has been nothing short of spectacular for this Orioles ball club. Yeah, no doubt. And I think and this isn't a knock on Adley Rutschman. Adley was looked at as the face of the franchise going forward, and he, he still is going to be one of the faces of the franchise. But when it comes to the face of the franchise going forward, I think it is going to be Gunnar Henderson for years and years to come. I think. Just the way he carries himself, not that Adley doesn't carry himself the right way, but the way Gunner carries himself, what Gunner is capable of doing in the field at the plate on the base paths, and how fun he is to watch. This is a guy that is going to be in the lineup. He's going to be an everyday player. He's going to play short. He's going to play third. And he is going to be fun for this fan base to watch for years and years to come. And I'm telling you what, man, he is going to be the face of the franchise if all goes well because of what he's 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 already like quickly turning into it right now so it's and like i said that's not taking anything away from adley there's no reason why they both can't be the faces of the franchise and jackson holiday as well but if i'm looking at a guy going forward right now for the orioles i mean you you can call me an idiot if you want the fan base can call me an idiot but to me it's gunner henderson at this point well, in time no. But okay, so here's here's a great way to look at it. And and you're right. Adley changed the culture when he came up to Baltimore. He yep. made this team from we're not sure to a winning ball club. And that and Adley's a tremendous player. He is a cornerstone for your team, franchise type player for any team in, in Major League Baseball. Being a little bit older, that's kind of, like how I kind of even look at it is it's Adley is gonna have that impact no matter what 
But oh, I, yeah. I said this in the past. It was Gunnar Henderson's ceiling. We don't know what it is. That's Adley so was Adley was we we knew what we got in him. We knew what we have in him, and that is a bona fide winner that can be a top tier, if not one the the top catcher in all of baseball, and can have that impact like Buster Posey did. Mm-hmm. That's how I looked at his Adley Rutschman. And if you're and if anyone has a problem with saying, well, I think Adley's better than Buster Posey, Buster Posey's was a dude. And Buster Posey helped bring a culture change to San Francisco and three World Series titles. That's what Adley, to me, is bringing. And then you have Gunnar Henderson, who is that young superstar that you just, man, you don't know how good he can be, but there's one thing you do know is that he is he is special. And oh, that's yeah. something that you're going to see unfold here in Baltimore. No doubt. Future MVP, future AL batting title, you know, silver slugger, gold glove award winner for sure. The plays he makes in the field are just, you know, next level, unbelievable. And it's something that Birdland should truly be excited about going forward. Another guy that they should be excited about. And like people who have played with him have said, like, they call him light tower power. Heston Kerstad, because of what he's capable of, because of the power he has. And that was our guarantee, the rip and rock guarantee. I hate to go back and, you know, take a victory lap and pat ourselves on the back a little bit, but we kind of called that he was going to be that Oriole. Like the guarantee was like Heston Kerstad would be up here. You said by September or in September, and he's up here in September. It unfortunately took a shoulder injury, some shoulder discomfort for Ryan Mountcastle for him to be brought up to the lineup while they didn't option Ryan Mountcastle or put him on the IL or anything. That's what happened. And Heston was brought up as a result. They had to move some pieces around to get him up here. But Heston Kerstad, former number two overall pick, missed the entire 2021 season with myocarditis. He had some heart issues. And he would have been in the show, you know, this year, earlier this year, I truly believe, and I know you do too, Rip, if it wasn't for that setback. but. For Heston, it was a setback for a major comeback. I don't want to say a minor setback for a major comeback because it definitely was not a minor setback by any means. It was it's kind of a major setback for him in his career. Major comeback, though. And he made his debut on Thursday night at Camden Yards. Um, yeah, Thursday. Friday, he goes out. And he has his first major league hit. Unfortunately, it was in a seven to one loss. The only run of the game was from Heston Kerstad, but he just absolutely nuked the ball he hit. And it ended up being his first hit was his first career home run. They're saying the warehouse, like be ready. Like this dude might be the first person to hit the warehouse in the air in in a game because Griffey did it with, you know, in the home run derby. I truly believe that it's going to be him or Gunner because the power they both have Heston's power, though, it's unmatched what he can do at the plate, man. He just hits tanks. Yeah. um, Yeah. Pat's to us on the back for that. I mean, a lot of people can, if you watch Heston, you're going to say he has talent, but I think the bigger thing that separated for us talking about this, I, I, I didn't mix words. Or, or say anything when I when I said that Heston Kerstad to me was the best pure hitter to help this big league team. And it wasn't going to be, and I, we even talked about it. We've said it at length in the past. 
Guys can get off to struggles in the big leagues as young players. He was the one guy, and granted it's early, but he was the one guy that I went, I think he's going to come up here and immediately make an impact. And so his first at bat comes in the eighth inning as a pinch hit opportunity, I believe, on Thursday night. That's a tough spot to be in. You strike out. In your first start, and I believe it was his second at bat of that game on Friday night, second or third at bat, maybe? I, I, I Losing track of it. Anyway, you're within your first five at bats as a big leaguer. And a guy is dealing for the Rays, and you take a pitch deep to right center, and you show what you're capable of doing. There it is right there. And again, I don't know what his role is going to be for this team moving forward, right? If Ryan Mountcastle's healthy and you have your other guys, this Orioles lineup is playing so well that it might not have the opportunities. But if Heston is in the lineup, he's going to take advantage of his opportunities. And the time is coming for him, and I'm with you. Watch out, warehouse. Maybe put some extra padding around there if you need to. <laughs> the home run numbers when he comes up here, combination of him and Gunner are going to be stupid. He, I'm so glad to see him get by his personal struggles with, with his personal condition. Um, because a lot of people, Rock, I think the bigger part of it, talking about perseverance, people were talking about his career being over before it even started. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, and, and I've told this story before, meeting him during COVID at the alternate site in Bowie, nice, nicest guy, and realizing for some of his exercise, it was just him walking around the track of the outfield, the warning track. That was exercise for him to see how he would react because that, that, that was the seriousness of what he was dealing with. And to see him now full strength and going out and just smacking balls and doing what he loves and proving that he is one of the young budding stars that's going to be a part of this team moving forward. It's just awesome to see. Now let's just hope that we continue to see that Heston Kerstad, um, whether it's this year or next year, the Oriole fans, we wouldn't lie to you. I promise. I'd lie to Rocco, but I I wouldn't lie to you guys. And, And Rocco and I have been on it. Gosh, probably since April. So uh, awesome for Heston. Uh, great moment. Hope to see more of it. No, absolutely. It's it's really cool to see him up and thriving and, you know, more home runs to come in his young career for sure. So that was a positive. Heston coming up, making his debut, hitting his first home run. And we've talked about a lot of positives throughout this episode. A negative I want to get into because we're not all – you know, we're not just talking rainbows and butterflies here. It's not just all happy, happy-go-lucky, and everything's great. Jack Flaherty, Rip, and I know you don't want to knock the guy. I'm not going to knock the guy either, but I'll, I'll say this. Observing what he's brought to the Orioles since he's been acquired at the trade deadline, he's not been good at all. He, he was good through three innings against Tampa Bay, but he has not been good at all, and that's a fact. And I don't know what is wrong with Jack Flaherty. I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if there's an injury there. I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy either. But he has just been god-awful with the O's. And there, there's, you, you, there's no really, really no way around it, man. He has been, his first start was a win. And since then, his ERA has on, only gone up. And he has not put this team in positions to win. His ERA, when he first pitched, for the Orioles when he was acquired, 
it was at Toronto. It was a 4.28 overall. Now it's up to a 5.03. And he hasn't won a game since that game against the Blue Jays. What's going on with Flaherty? And can he turn it around? Because quite frankly, like I hate to say this, but I'm starting to lose faith in that trade acquisition. I'm starting to lose faith in him as a pitcher right now. And I want him to turn it around so bad, but I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I really don't. Yeah, you know, he's been a really talk about player. He's probably been the most criticized Oriole over the last couple of months. You know, I, I mean, think that's fair. So, I'd say. I, I think it would be deservedly so as well. Yeah, you know, I look, I, I'm always for the players, you know, and yeah. and I I always look and I know you are, you want you we're both very objective with it. You want to see guys do well. Like I'm not I'm not gonna sugarcoat and say that he's pitched his best. Not gonna say that. I think he's pitched better than people that what they painted the picture for him over this time in Baltimore. I don't think it's as bad as it is, but it's definitely become a thing where it hasn't been what you've hoped for. He's and, definitely and that, been the outlier, Rip. What? He's definitely been the outlier and not in a good way, though. Yeah, well, and but I think I told you it was magnified more for a couple reasons. The fact that the Orioles didn't trade for this high-end starting pitcher, more pressure was going to be put on him, number one. When he missed his start and that changed things, people thought that, you know, then it was becoming a little bit more personal. Was he really hurt? Is he not? So then that's another domino to it. Uh, And then you go to Arizona and you have that coming off the mound where people are magnifying that moment, which I think that's just nothing, by the way. Like, And also, told people I'd be ticked off, too, if if the umpires you know, squeezed me on a couple calls or there was they missed a play that had a double play that would have got him out of the inning and gotten him five scores, or not five scores, but five innings and two earned instead of four and change and four. Different story. But he's going to be a part of this till the end of the season, right? And I thought on on... When he pitched, the Orioles' mindset for that game was more playoff mentality. So when they felt, I, I thought he could have gone five and given you five or six innings, maybe hopefully got you three earned. But the Orioles went in the mode of, "Hey, this is close. We're afraid he could get out of hand. We're gonna, we're gonna pull." Him. So they did. That was their choice. I think he could have gone out there. That was a playoff moment that we're gonna see if any Oriole pitcher gets in trouble in the postseason. The same thing that happened to Jack Flaherty is going to happen to them. I, I can guarantee you that. You know, so, people don't have to like. Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying people don't have to like, and I'm not defending that he hasn't pitched well. You want your guys to go deep into the games. That's something that he has not done, especially recently. I don't think he's fully healthy, but regardless of whether he is or isn't, the goal and job is to go out there and to at least get deeper into the games, give your team a chance. And right now, that hasn't been what he has hoped for. It hasn't been what uh, the Orioles fan base has home, uh, hoped for. But you're not going to lose all hope. That's where I'm not going to go. It's it's You got a few weeks. You can say what you want about it. He might not be in the rotation in the postseason, but he still can help. But I don't blame people for being disappointed because you have a certain expectation of of your guys going out there to reach a certain level. And unfortunately, especially recently, he hasn't lived up to that expectation of others. No, since his first start, 
with the Orioles in Toronto. He got a win there. He's 0-3, and he has not gone more than six innings in any start since that win. He's given up three-plus earned runs in every single start since that debut for the Orioles in Toronto. So it's been a downwards trend for Jack Flaherty. Maybe just maybe he can turn it around with, I don't know, maybe one, maybe two more starts in the regular season. But right now it's not looking good. He he needs something. He needs a jolt of energy or, or, so, or you know, something. Hit the refresh button. It's hard to do right now because we're toward, but like the Orioles are going to need him in some way, shape or form in the postseason. Um, if not, if he continues to struggle, it's going to be time to go to option B, C, or D and and move on from this experience. What what do you got for Rips tips? Yeah, so last thing I'll say about this is, yeah, you're not, right now we talked about before, he could be an ace, but you're not expecting him to be your ace. And I think that was the part of it where people thought that he would make this complete jump, even what Fuji started to do recently. So it hasn't been the case. But in the playoffs, your three guys are going to be Bradish, Grace, and Dean, and your fourth is going to be Gibson. Right now, he'd be your fifth or or sixth option. That's just the reality of it. Um, but moving to the Rips tips, kind of goes with what's been going on in this series, Brock. Mm. Uh, and it's kind of with life, you know? How do you respond? And if you get smacked, good. Go bring it right back to him. And, and I think, so where I'm going with this is, those and Rays are where they are because of their body of work, right? And so it's no secret here. The Orioles did not go out and play their, their two best games to start the series. But what could they have done? What, what, what should they have done? Well, what they could have done was roll over, say the moment's too big, not playing well. Or they go, you know what? It's baseball. Screw it. We're getting back. We're getting back up there, getting back on the horse. And we're going to be ready to go. That's what you should do. And that's what they did do. That's what they did do. That's terrible grammar, Ryan. Wow. Um, I'm pulling a Rocco there. So it's, it's a kind of the same thing in life though, right? Where you have a choice. You have a choice when things get tougher, how you handle adversity, how you move forward. And you can't really dwell on it. Even if it is frustrating for the Orioles, feeling that you could have had a three game lead or so going into this race series. But you got shut down two days in a row by Adam Wainwright and former farmhand Drew Rom, which again, they're superpowers when you face your old team. So I'll give the pass on that. But you lose a golden opportunity there. But instead of going, well, we've lost four in a row, you say tomorrow's a new day and I'm going to put my best foot forward. That's what the Orioles have done. That's what the Rays have done the entire season, too. And it's not a coincidence that both these teams are at the top of the American League because of that perseverance so on a personal level then i always find myself you can learn from the past but you can't dwell on it you know so take your lessons what you can do but thinking about what happened in the past what if you're frustrated so what what can i do now this next day what can i do the next time i have my opportunity because that can end up being the difference and so far for the orioles that's gotten them the series series clinching win against the rays and a chance to now extend that lead to two. So that's all I got for Rip's tips. It's you have a choice. Dwell or rise above. That's what you can do in life, and that's what the Orioles have chosen, and the Rays for that matter, to do all season long. I love it, man. 
going forward, they have a chance to do something that hasn't been done since 2014. And that's when the AL East. And that would be so, 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 so huge for this ball club and for the city. And, you know, I can see the champagne showers right now, the bottles popping in the, in the clubhouse and them going nuts because that's what you envision. That's what these players envision. They have a chance. Their magic number to get in the postseason is one. So that could happen today, Sunday. We're recording. So when you're listening to this episode, it may have already happened, but we we just truly don't know any, you know, anything can happen. There are scenarios like the Orioles, if the Orioles win, they're in. Do you now, now if they do win, do you think they pop the champagne today or do you think they wait until the AL East is won? If, if that so happens, I think you celebrate when you can celebrate. You know, but it's definitely going to matter more being the top team in the American League and the AL East champs. That's no doubt about that. But it's hard. We talked about this. It's hard to get to the postseason. You need to celebrate, but then you got to be ready to go the next game. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I, if you have an excuse to celebrate because you're in the postseason, hell yeah, I'm doing that. Absolutely. And it's been for the Orioles, then Rocco, it will be the sixth time in 40 years that they will be in the postseason. You're damn right. You're going to enjoy it. But just keep in mind, you got you still got the task at hand, uh, and that is to take home this AL East crown and to have the playoffs run through Baltimore. Oh, no doubt. So they wrap up their series with the Rays today while, we're, while we are recording this on a Sunday. And then from there, they head to Houston, um, and, and the schedule doesn't get any easier from here on out, Rip. It's Teams they could be seeing in postseason play. They go to Houston for three. They go to Cleveland for four. Then they have two at Washington. And they wrap up their season with four at home against the Boston Red Sox. A lot of good baseball coming up. Postseason baseball, knock on wood, potentially coming your way. And uh, it's going to be going to be a fun postseason run for those Baltimore Orioles. Don't you think? Do I think? Yeah, I do think, Rock. You kidding me? <laughs> you kidding me in this economy? Absolutely. No, it, it's going to be fun. This is what you live for as a fan, as a player. These are the moments that that when you start a season and you get to, you have this goal in mind, right? And then you see the goal get closer and closer and closer. You feel that excitement. You feel that energy. And you also got to realize it's special. And what's happening in Birdland is extremely special. Job's not finished. Houston is still the favorite. They are still the champs until further notice. Yep. But man, it's it's not a what if the Orioles, could they get to the playoffs? Do they have a chance? They got a chance. They got yep. a chance just like any other team that's going to be in the dance. Now it is, can you get there? And then once you're there, can you take advantage of your opportunity? Can you be the best team in the series? And that will decide it. So we'll find out. It should be fun. John Means, the projected starter for that series opener in Houston against the Astros. Quickly before we go, it was really cool to see him come back. I know it wasn't ideal for him because the Orioles didn't get a win. And might not have been his best pitching performance he's, he's ever had. And I know it definitely wasn't because the guy threw a no-hitter. But for Means to be back there, 
but a smile on the face of fans and his teammates for sure. And it's only up from here with him as well. So means going out against the Astros game. One of that series, that's going to be big. And uh, let's let's John Means show them what you're capable of. Do your thing. Go out and give it to the Astros, honestly, because every game from here on out, it matters more than the, the previous one because you're chasing that AL East division crown. That's the dream. That's the goal. And the O's aren't going to stop until they get there. You're damn right. I think that's a good way to put it. Hey, honestly, I'm, I'm speechless for once with you, Rock. <laughs> it should, should that wrap the episode up? I think it should. I think it's a good way. We're not, we won't go on and on, but we'll have a lot to talk about for next week. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in each week. I know, again, our schedules have been different, but we do love doing this. We're excited about what postseason baseball looks like. But in the meantime, if you do like this podcast and you enjoy Rocco or myself or both of us or one of us, it doesn't matter, leave a, leave a review, rate the podcast. You can find it anywhere on Apple, Amazon, iHeart, Radio, um, YouTube. I might be blanking on a couple. There's a lot. It's really wherever you can find your podcast. All right. And so please subscribe. We'll be back again to talk about hopefully a very successful week of Orioles baseball. And uh, I think that's all I got. Did I do okay? Absolutely. Always. Never a doubt in my mind. They're being, I don't like this. There's something weird about Rock today, guys. He's being way too nice to me. But on that note, what? (laughs) I haven't had caffeine. Yeah, you look like you haven't had that caffeine moment. But hey, everyone, uh, that's it for us. Appreciate it. Great day to have a day. Have a great week. And we will see you next week for another episode of Rip and Rock. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.